So thanks for coming today. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this topic because it's something that has been a huge part of my life and it's something that I haven't, I think, I mean, I share it somewhat in all the things that I do. It's such an integral part of everything that I do in my work with the plants. But I've never, like, just outright made this a topic and talked about it. And I think part of that is because it's, it's, a, it's kind of an edgy, an edgy thing. And when it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go into more detail and I'll tell, a lot of what I'm going to do is talk about my own personal story with this. And then we'll talk about specifically the plants. I'll talk generally about mediumship. Let me read the, the description just so you get an idea of what we'll talk about. So, we are all mediums to one degree or another. Many people drawn to working with plants are quite sensitive carriers of energy. When the gift of mediumship is not understood and the responsibilities are not fully accepted, many discomforts and challenges may be experienced in life. But by cultivating relationships with the spirits of the plants, we can bring ourselves to a place of balance where our sensitivities are no longer a hindrance. As we offer ourselves as vessels to carry and transmit the healing energies of the plants, we collaborate with them to affect deep healing of, the deep healing of others and ourselves. Join me in imagining a community of healer mediums dedicated to manifesting the spiritual and energetic medicine of the plant kingdom. So I, I, I was, it was really a struggle for me to figure out how to organize this, this class. And like, should we, should we open it up as a full-on ceremony so we can really experience, you know, this stuff? I thought that might be a little too much for, for this venue. But the, the space is, I've opened the space a, a little bit and called in the directions before everybody got here to kind of like create a container. So it's not going to be like a, a full-on thing, but I want people to be able to feel these energies. So if you find yourself feeling them more than you would like, just like breathe and ground yourself, and you can focus on this candle as the, as the center. I want to start by talking about a vision that I had uh, many years ago. In this vision, there, were, there was a, a group of, of people, myself included, out in the forest. And we were in a grove of, of trees, and all of the trees that I work with were in this grove. So it was like a sacred grove of these medicinal plants. All the, all the plants were there. And myself and other people who were carriers of different plant beings were there. And people were coming, and the people who needed help would come. And we would tune in with them and see what plant they needed to work with. And then, and then the person who was the carrier of that plant would take them to that plant, to that tree, and sit with them there and, and bring forth the medicine. And, and then, like a week later, one of my students had a dream. And he came to me and said, oh, I had this dream about you the other night. I always love when people have dreams about me. I get to hear lots of cool stuff. <laughs> and he said... We were, we were part of this thing called the Angelica Society. And all of us were like these. He didn't really understand what it was. It was like, we were like plants, and we were like helping people. And I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so th it's something that, that 
I see as, as a future manifestation of this forest medicine like way of being this forest medicine community. So I think me talking, bringing this out and talking about it more hopefully will like lead to a further opening up of that possibility. So how, about, how about if we, we start, might as well start with calling in one of the plants. And we'll start with red cedar. I'll talk more specifically about red cedar later, but for now we'll just work with the energy. So I'll pick up a couple drops and then just let yourself open. Let the, let the medicine wash through you. I'm going to sing a song. People can join in if, if they want. And, you know, for real, you don't even need the, the tincture. You'll have the medicine of red cedar as we sing the song. These songs that we'll sing today are not songs that are like, written, not like, oh, I want to write a red cedar song today. It's not like that. It's like the red cedar gave me this song to express its energy here on the material plane so that we can like connect with it.
just sit for a brief moment in silence and feel the energy that we've called in tune in to yourself see if you notice anything different about the way you feel you feel any energies around you within you You can stay in that. I'm going to start talking now about the concept of mediumship in general. <clears throat> and then I'll, we'll move forward from there. So first thing I want to say is that I'm, I'm talking about this topic not as an expert. I've been in this process for many years now, but I still feel like I have so much to learn. a humble student on this path, but I really saw a need for, for to speak about this because so many, I've been seeing so many people who are in this process and going through lots of unnecessary suffering or lots of misunderstanding with how it's affecting their lives. And, and like in my, in my healing practice, which I also included in that, not just one-on-one -on -one healing, but like classes and, you know, the courses that I do. Um, it seems like almost everybody that shows up has, has process with mediumship happening. <coughs> and, and most people don't understand what's happening. So like people, oftentimes when people come to see me one-on-one, -on -one, they're you know, they're, they have, like, depression or, or um, you know, just, like, negative feelings, really distorted thoughts about themselves. And what I've come to find is that most of these folks are really, really open mediums, and they're not sure how to deal with the energies that are constantly coming in into their beings. And so we're able to work together to, like, help, like, Align, clear, and open in a good way that's like protective. And I'll talk more about that as we go along. So, the mediumship, mediumship, what is mediumship? We're all mediums. Everybody's a medium. Everybody is a carrier of different energies. The, the, the human condition, for me, and maybe it's just because it's such a part of my life, I see mediumship as like the ultimate spiritual path. We, we're, we, are, we are spirits that are like 
incarnating into these bodies. So we're, we are like housing our spirit in this body. So just the, the process of being born into this life is a, is a process of mediumship. And if you look at, you know, like the Tibetan Buddhists who I see as, as these incredible like masters of mediumship, they have it down so good that they can choose which body they're going to be born into. And I think that, you know, other, all of us choose on one level or another, but they can very consciously choose. And so the beauty of this path is that it helps awaken us to our true nature because we're constantly having to like open ourselves and, and see the things that aren't, aren't part of our essence and get them cleared out so that we, we, we aren't attracting negative energies to ourselves. And by opening ourselves, it, it's a paradox, we open ourselves to other energies if we do this consciously. And then it seemed like, like when I first started doing this, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to lose myself in, in all of these other creatures that are coming to me all the time. But what I found was that as more of these beings, these entities, these spiritual um, entities came to me, it actually illuminated more clearly who I was at my essence and at my core. And I'm sure I'll talk more about that as we go along. And I, I, I feel like, like the way that we learn as humans is very mediumistic. And I've seen it in my son where he'll, he's ne I never, no one's ever taught him about something. He's never had any experience of it. And all of a sudden, one day he just like has an understanding of something and is able to like express these things. It's really beautiful to watch. And I think it, it I almost, I see it as kind of like a parallel to like the instinctive quality of, of animals. How like the, it, it's like this pool of information that, that the animals of, of one type all have access to. And for us, I see this like this way of being able to receive different like energies into us that complement or become part of who we are as, as like a, it's, it's kind of the same as, as instinct, but as humans we have this like ability to like learn on this other level and then it's like a way for us to like alter the structure of our beings that's beyond our bio biology. It's coming from outside. And some of, the, some of the, the signs that you're having a mediumistic experience, you may find your your body starting to shake a little bit. Sometimes that's a sign that something's coming into you. Sometimes that's a sign that something's trying to get out of you. And sometimes you've got to get something out of you so something else can come into you. The, the process of really becoming a refined medium is one of clearing, 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 and opening channels, opening channels so that energies can come through. What I found when I started working with plants and the way that I work with plants is that I would take the plant and I could feel it, like its, its intelligence moving through my body and finding places that were blocked that it wanted to move through. And each plant had a different channel 
channel or channels that it wants to move through. And they would find those places that were blocked and they would and help clear them. And I didn't understand it always at first. At first I thought, oh, this plant's making me have this pain in my side. Why is this plant doing that? And then as I tuned in with it, I realized, oh, the plant isn't making me have a pain. It's, it's illuminating a pain that's already there, a blockage. And it's just wanting to move through that. So I see that as, one, the way that, that the medicine of plants work. And then also that they want to, like, inhabit our bodies. They want to be able to move through us. And they want to help heal us and make our energies flow freely. And then also they're clearing those spaces because they really like to have a place where they can be embodied, where they can actually be present. The spirits can be present in a material form and then they can act even stronger. And one of the things that I've, that I've picked up on recently and that I want to share is this, this idea that the medicine, of, the medicine of plants, we often look at one half of that picture. You know, we're, we're out of balance, we're sick, we're ill, we're in pain, and then we look to the plants to bring us to a place of like balance again, where we have an absence of pain and we, we feel better. But that's like half of the picture. The other half is is that there's a whole side to like the positive qualities, the spiritual teachings, all of these things that the plants bring to us that then can move through us and can strengthen and illuminate our true nature and bring our gifts forth. But then also in that same process of the plants bringing that forth for us, we're also bringing their energies in. And so like the healing work that I do like when I do a one-on-one -on -one healing session with someone, basically what happens is someone comes in, they say, tell me what's going on. I have my guides there. They intuit what plant, together we intuit what plant would be good. Call that plant in, and then I just act as a, as a medium for the, the energy of the plant to just beam through me and then let, allow the person to have their experience with that. It really can be quite beautiful. So, uh, hands, your limb shaking is signs of mediumistic experience. Your body moving deliberately apart from your will to move it. Your own will. So, what I, when I first started having these experiences, like the first experience I re can remember, I'll talk more about like my childhood experiences, but my, in my adult life, I was doing work with a, a plant called Iboga, and I was holding space for people. And all of a sudden, there was like, my eyes were moving around and looking all over the room, and I wasn't doing it. I was like, oh, this is weird. And then, and then my hand wanted to move, and I was like, it was hard for me to let it, but I, cause I was like, well, this is weird. What's going on? And then, like, I could feel energy, like, beaming out of my hand. It wasn't me that was doing it. And then slowly I realized, ah, there's, like, something in me. And I, like, tuned in with who or what that was, made a relationship with that being. And then it became this, like, very powerful, like, opportunity to, to, to provide some help for people. Really potent and very 
I'll say this loud, very beautiful. It's so beautiful to be a part of that, that process. And what I would say is, when that, if, if you've noticed that happening, <coughs> or you might notice it happening in the future, do your best to just get yourself out of the way and just let those energies move. And you can practice, you know, like, without being with somebody else or practice with a friend or something. Um, and then the, another sign is, like, just feeling like presences that are with you. And... There's different, there's different like, types of mediumistic experiences. I mean, there's probably more than I'll be able to talk about. But, but some is like, just like a presence that's with you. Like, a lot of times I'll just feel like it's like right behind me. And they're just like helping to guide me so I can see things. Sometimes it's like the being is like totally in me and like moving everything about my body. And... And then sometimes it's just like I'll be able to see things that I wouldn't normally see or hear things that I wouldn't normally be able to hear. So I want to talk a little bit now about different um, traditions in the world. I, can't, I won't be able to talk too much about it because there's, there's, there's not enough time for that. But every, every culture around has some... There's some mediumistic thing that happens. Almost every. I'm sure there's some that don't, but most do. And there's, you know, in some, it's like, in some places, it's like out there. Everybody knows about it. Everybody talks about it. It's totally accepted. Uh, not like in this culture where it's like thought to be strange and then, or like it's a sign of mental illness. When, uh, I know like when Europeans came and started going around the world and conquering everywhere and like encountered shamans and various medicine people, they thought that they were possessed by the devil and, and that they were demonic. And in reality, those people were just like channeling beings and it wasn't understood by, by the European culture. The European culture has, has a long tradition of, of mediumship. Uh, one, one good example like from way back is, have you guys heard of berserkers? You've heard that term, like, to go berserk? The berserkers, the berserk comes bare sark, bare shirt, and they would, they would put on, like, bear pelts and then become bears, and that's how they would go into battle. And, or they would put on wolf pelts and become wolves. And then there's, like, so in, like in the European tradition, we have that. Then we have werewolves, shapeshifters, which is a mediumistic thing that I think... Uh, gets like, you know, twisted out of context. And then there's a whole, um, you guys have heard of like Alan Kardec, like the spiritist movement. There was like a whole movement in like the 1800s in, in, in Europe and it spread to the United States and all, ended up being all over the world. It's really big in Brazil to this day. And that's like the the thing of like people doing seances and, and like the Ouija boards and all that stuff that got like again, like, totally distorted in the media and all that, but it's this very real thing, and there's people that are still doing it, they have these white table ceremonies, and, you know, people sit, hold, I've been to a few, and you put your hands on the table, and then, and then spirits come and talk through people, and oftentimes in those, it's like, they're purposely talking to, like, the spirits of the dead, and it's, it's, 
is really influential in Brazil. And so in Brazil, there's like spiritist centers all over. And people there who, who, are, who would be here diagnosed with like schizophrenia or other uh, mental disorders, there, I read something where one, uh, like psych, he's a you know, psychologist and he's also a medium. He brings people in to see him and he says 80% of the people that he sees with like mental disorders are mediums, that are just unacknowledged mediums. And so people go to these centers in Brazil and then that are like totally like possessed and you know like seem like they're totally crazy and then they go and then they get trained to be mediums so that they can work with those gifts and then they're like totally functioning members of society and like actually like have a gift to share with people so it's it's quite quite amazing and I, I, I have a, a dream that someday as we as this builds here and our community can build that we can then like have a place where we can bring people in those states we have a really strong container we can bring people in and help work through that stuff so ways to ways to access um, mediumistic states <coughs> are you know, common around the world. There's psychoactive plant medicines are a great way to get into that altered state of consciousness to like get the ego out of the way. Because the, the big thing is when you're when you're really trying to um, open yourself and let beings really come through you, you have to let that ego mind get out of the way. And some traditions have what you call um, unconscious mediums where the ego is completely gone and then the person the being comes does its thing and then and then when the being leaves the person comes back and they have no recollection of what happened and I've never had that experience thankfully I'm, oh, that kind of scares me but in some traditions that's that's the way it is like in Santeria and such it's like that as far as I know and then uh and then some, there's we call conscious mediums, where there's like a varying degree of like your consciousness is still like present. And so there's like the being, but you're like still there, like able to watch and witness. So psychoactive plant medicines, drumming, dancing, singing, fasting, meditation, all these things can bring you to a state where you can be open to like receiving these energies. So now I want to ask a few questions. Has anybody ever, have you ever walked into a space and then felt your mood change sort of abruptly? Yeah. If that happens to you, then you're a medium. I mean, like I said, everybody's a medium, but some people are more. And so if, if that kind of thing happens to you, that's because you're open and there's all kinds of energies flying around in a space and then you're like getting those energies and then you're affected by them. So if you find things like that happening to you, it's really important to uh, learn how to center yourself and align yourself and ground yourself so that you can choose when, what energies come through you and affect you. And one of the best plants for that is yarrow. Yarrow is such, such a great plant for people who are working through that because it helps you it helps you really understand like your relationship to the energetic space around you I might as well pass you around 
Yara was was my best friend for a long time for helping me with this process. When I wish I knew about Yara when I was a little kid, it would have made my life so much easier. <coughs> I was constantly affected by other people's energies. Of course, I had no idea what was going on with me. I would I would find myself like mimicking other people, like somebody would like, you know, like, do this, and I should, like, <laughs> have like some weird cough, I'd have the weird cough, and like, oh god, what's going on, and like, I didn't want to do it, but I couldn't help it, and unfortunately nobody in my life was aware of like what was going on with me that could help me. If I was living in like an intact culture that was like connected with the earth, they would have like seen me and been like, ah. This person is like has this gift. Let's like take him over here and like train him so he knows how to work with these energies. But I think I think a lot of us were born into this this culture, having had past life experiences in other cultures, so that we could like bring like you know why I'm doing this class right is to like. Hopefully other people don't have to go through what I had to go through and so many of us had to go through so much suffering. And then our children are going to have less and then the next generation will have like almost, maybe we'll have an intact culture that's connected with the land and then we can like really create a space for people to recognize the gifts that they have. So Yara helps to... to, to uh, Awareness of the energetic space around you, what you're letting into your field, what you're putting out into the field, because there's a whole, you know, there's the like taking energy in, and then there's like a real etiquette too about like our energies. Then you've probably, you know, been around people who their energies are just like flying all over the place, and if you're someone who's affected, you're just like, can you rein that in a little bit, please? <laughs> and it's not to like say there's anything wrong with those people. They just, you know, we all have things that we have to learn how to do. And there's there's a there's a real way. Like for me, when I first started opening up to this stuff, you know, it's like it's really easy for me to like go like you know into someone's energy field and like scan them and see what's going on. And then I've learned to like not do that because it's not cool to just go around like <laughs> first of all I don't like knowing what's going on with everybody because it <laughs> can be a little intense <laughs> I, I always talk about you know walking through Fred Meyer <laughs> and I went there it, the other day I had an experience because I, I was like I said I was getting sick and I was like I wasn't eating, I was just like drinking broth and tea, so I was like really open. I had to go get some stuff to like, you know, for, to get ready for the conference. And, and uh, I was like, oh, I hadn't been like this for a while, where it was just like I could see everybody's stuff and like, all the like sadness and just all this stuff. Like, oh, like I can add it, okay. But learning how to like turn off like that so Yarrow can help with 
you're putting out of energy in various ways. You're bringing in of energy. And then it's, it's the herb for the wounded healer. And so what, what, what I found is that many of the people who, who have like really open gifts of mediumship are people who have received traumas in their lives that have like, you know, wrenched open like the, the astral body and, and the energetic body has like wounds and things that energies can come through. And then, but by, by healing those, then the gift of the wounded healer is that we have the understanding of that and then we can offer help to others and Yarrow helps to further that process. Um, how many people have felt like things moving their body around? Anybody felt that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting to have that happen. When it first started happening, it was so weird. I didn't know what was going on. But, but now it's, it's been really cool to like get really comfortable with that and to be able to like let those energies move through me and do what they want. And it's still like for me an ongoing process. But, but so much of the, of the healing work that I do involves that, which is great. Um, Okay, I'm gonna tell, now I'm gonna tell some of my stories. Uh, when, I first, when I first had like a really conscious experience with my guides uh, teaching me, I've been really lucky and fortunate in my life that I've had, I haven't had that many like human teachers in these realms, so I have found some, but mainly it's been spirit guides. And one of the first experiences that I can remember of being consciously taught about this, this whole thing was I was in a ceremony and, and the, the, this being came and handed me a feather. And I held the feather and I turned into a bird and I was flying and I was, I was a bird. And then they took the feather away and it stopped. And I was like, oh, wow, that was really cool. And, they, and then they gave me the feather back. And it happened again, and they took the feather away. And they said, they said, um, we can give this to you, and we can take this back from you. It's not yours, and that's not you. This is something that we offer to you, but don't get attached to it, because you have to give it back. You can't, it's not you, you can't hold on to it. And so it was really good for me to have that be, I feel really fortunate that had such good guidance at the beginning. And they really, really worked slowly with me. And because because it's easy, it's very easy to get enamored with these energies that come because they're so powerful sometimes and they feel so good in the body. It's like, you know, you can easily like allow it to distort your personality and your ego and think, oh, I'm so powerful, I can do all these things. But it's not you just remember that it's not you and so all, all of the, the all of the human teachers that I've had always stress humility 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 you have to like continually humble yourself continually humble yourself in these and the people the, the person who is like who I is, is a human teacher who's like for me like my my greatest guide and who I 
unfortunately rarely get to see is a woman named Maria Lisi, and she's she's one of the 13 indigenous grandmothers and she's an incredible medium I mean just unbelievable the things I've seen her do I've seen her like channel all kinds of beings and like they'll like speak through her and give these like talks and these lectures and all I mean all different kinds and she's like the most humble person I've ever met and I love her so dearly so I'll stress that too humility 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 don't get enamored with these with these energies that come they're not you but but it's an incredible honor to be able to be a, a vessel for them. And I've seen people get carried away with these energies and then they're like they're, they're like think they, you know they have with them with them all the time and they're like using it for like personal gain. It's, it's not a good path. It's the way to go. I think it, I don't think it's gonna it's not sustainable and it's gonna bite bite them in the end. Uh, another thing that, that, that I was taught at that in that, those beginning stages was that to, before I started receiving beings, they had me fully ground myself to get, learn how to get fully into my body and be fully present. And yarrow is a plant that can super help with that. So why don't we, let's do a little exercise now. And like feel your feet on the ground. Get seated in a comfortable way. And just take some nice deep breaths, natural flow. And then pull, consciously pull all the energy of your body all tightly into like the space of your physical body. Because we have energy that, you know, expands out and out and out from each, each, every living thing. Everything has this energy field that expands out. <coughs> so pull it in, in, in. And then as you're doing that, you might feel places in your body that feel a little unsettled or that, that feel not there. You might feel hollow places. But it's a, it's a really important thing to become aware of the, the places in you that are, are gone, parts of you that are gone, and where those parts reside, and to be able to call them back. Because if you have places that are empty, places where you've checked out or split off, those are all places that are going to be avenues for negative energies to come in, energies you don't want with you. Of course, that's the, that's the downside of being a medium is that, you know, on the one hand, you get to, like, be a vessel for these incredibly bright, loving, you know, beings, 
powerful spirits, but then also there's negative energies, and we're all in the process of working with both. So finding those places, and then finding a way to get get them filled in. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, you know, some of those places are like things that are going to be a long-term process, but it also sometimes it's just like parts of us are just checked out during any given moment of the day, and you just want to be able to like learn how to call those back in, and then to be as present as you possibly can before you start calling something in. So, because I think that what I what I was shown is that there's a tendency for people to try to call something in when 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 not feeling like uh, when feeling like some discomfort or anxiety or something and even if you're calling in something that's that's like a uh, a light being in those moments if you're like checked out somewhere then that's just going to create an avenue for something else to come in and you're opening yourself so you got to make sure you're like <laughs> fully there before you open yourself. It's a good thing to practice. Now, uh, now let's do these others. Let's go to this. We'll do some, I'll talk about some other exercises that you can do to cultivate that presence within yourself. Um, one, one that I found really helpful is, and it sounds kind of like new agey, but it's great, is like, toning the chakras because really once you get that central core like flowing and free you're, you're you're doing great so aligning with your center so like just going through from like the root chakra and finding like the tone of it yourself and you'll find that when you when you go all the way through all of those it's it feels so good to have that channel open and flowing and what you might find is you'll get to one chakra and it'll be like kind of stuck and just let whatever sound wants to come out from that and it'll help open it up and if you're not familiar with the chakras there's the root chakra that's like the perineum and then there's, there's the second chakra, which is like just below the navel. And then there's the third, the solar plexus. And there's the heart, and the throat, and the third eye, and the crown. So going through those. And I used to do that every, every morning I'd wake up. First thing in the morning I'd do is I would just like, I wouldn't do the toning because I have people in the bed with me. But I would just tune in with each one. And just open and open and open and open. It's like, okay, I'm ready for the day. Um, doing movement exercises like qigong or yoga is super great 
because anything you can do to keep the energy flowing through your body is great because the energies that get stuck in you are the enemy of the medium because then whenever there's like you know it's it's just like a dam like you know if there's like a log in a river other things are going to get backed up against that and get stuck there so anything anything like that that you can do that opens opens those channels up and that's uh, an, a place where I'll talk about a medicine now, Aurelia, which is some people call California spikenard, which is the uh, <coughs> the sister of Devil's Club. is a great, great plant to work with to help keep those channels open and flowing and free, and also for soothing the channels that have been opened. Like sometimes the, the process of opening up these energetic channels in ourselves is like, you know, you, you're, your wire is about this big and then the being comes and it like needs like this much voltage to like run through so like it blasts through like this one and you're just like fried. Aurelia is like the best thing to like soothe like that over electrified fried channels and also just to like help open them and keep them flowing freely so that things don't get stuck in you. <coughs> Let's see. Are you selling those tinctures at a table? What's that? Are you selling those tinctures at a table there? Yeah, there's a booth out there. Um, let's see, other other things to do to help with this process are um, making a relationship with your guides. So who here knows who their guides are? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and who here, like, thinks they have guides but aren't sure who it is? <laughs> okay, so most people here know that there's some outside force there that's, like, present, helping to guide. So the more that you can connect with your guides, the easier this process will be because they act as like keepers of the gate and help you navigate what you let in and don't let in and then just like bring so much guidance. And it's, 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 it's great to know that so many people in this room have relationships with their guides because in this, in this culture it's not super accepted. Although there's like, you know, the concept of like the guardian angel is around. In other cultures, they talk about like the tutelary spirit. And then uh, like Jung, you know, he talked about the daimon, the person that like helped him like write his books and like come up with all like so many of his, his ways of being with psychology. And then of course, intact cultures have the understanding that that people need to connect with their guides and so create like ceremonial space, initiatory space for people who are emerging into adulthood to find those, <coughs> find and develop and strengthen those relationships. There's a, there's a, a book I was reading a while back, it's called Indian Healing, it was about the, the the tribes of the Pacific Northwest and uh, contemporarily 
and how there was this thing, God, what did they call it? There was this, this sickness that would happen. It was a spiritual sickness, but it would come, they, they could see, it was, it was, it was like an epidemic. It would start in like one region, like in different tribes, and then it would like move through whole areas. And what would happen is people would start to get like depressed, and it would often happen in the winter. People would get depressed, and, then, and some people would have like suicidal thoughts, and and what the the recognition was like, oh, it's time for that person to like undergo their initiation, and so then they would go through a whole process, and they'd have like a big every winter they'd have a big community gathering, and then the people who were going through that process would um, would be held in a space where they would connect with their guides, and then they would they would get like visions of like what their what their like face paint would look like and what their dance would be would come to them and their song would come to them. And it's like, hmm, that sounds like a familiar thing, right? <laughs> Wintertime, depression coming through. It's like, maybe we all need that. And then, so connecting with your guides helps, helps with that. And then to have some kind of a daily practice, like a meditative practice or something where you're just coming back to yourself and aligning. Best way I know to do that is with an altar and having that altar have really important items in it, and that's a whole nother topic, but like sitting in front of that altar and aligning yourself and having that be the place where you make your connection most strongly with the beings. My altar in my, where I do my healing in that space is so powerful now from all of the work that I've done, and then everything can just move, energies can just move in and out through there. And then finding, finding a ceremonial space that works for you. So you might, find, you might find a spiritual tradition that you can work within or just find something that works for you, but knowing how to create ceremonial space, whatever that looks like for you, but having a really intentional place that you connect with these beings. And sometimes it's even enough to like have a time you know, like, this is, this is the time each week so that you're not just getting, like, bombarded all during your life that you make, like, a set a time aside. You say, this is the time, and then you go, and you make a ceremonial space, and then you, you do that work with the beings. And I, I realized, because I, I, I did these Tuesday night plant meditations for years, and I realized how, how powerful it was to show up every week and there were times where I'd show up and no, you know, nobody would be there. Maybe one or two people would be there, or maybe a couple times nobody. And 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 I and, I, and so I, when nobody came, I just sat there by myself. And I realized that there was something about us meeting every week, and the and the beings knowing every week. I know they're he's going to be there, and maybe other people are going to be there, and that's going to be a time for us to like go and connect with them. You know, they're like seven o'clock at you know. 4160 Southeast Division Street. They're going to be there. We're going to show up. Then when I move spaces, I was like, you know, here's, here's the directions for the space. And then, and then some kind of, uh, some way to do a process of like self-reflection and keep Keep self-reflecting, and, and in a way, if you if you enter onto a path like this, particularly like with the plants, 
the plants will provide that opportunity and to help you reflect on yourself. <coughs> this path completely invites an investigation of our consciousness. And one, one of the ways that it can, be, it can be so helpful is, you know, if, you're, if you find yourself as a medium, you're going to find negative energies coming to you. And if they stick, and they stick around, they stay, there's something in you that's attracting them. And so rather than just being like, you know, oh, these, and, and I've been talking about negative energies and all that this whole time, and, and that's a whole other, like maybe more esoteric discussion about like, is there really anything that's negative? And I, I'm using the term negative just out of convenience, just to make the distinctions, but in the reality of it is I don't really see things as negative or positive. All, everything is part of the whole, and you, know, you guys probably understand what I'm talking about. So, but by, by looking at the things that come to us and stick and stay, we can then like find the parts in ourselves that are unhealed, the unconsciousness, and bring those things to the light, to the surface, to be healed so that we can more fully inhabit ourselves. So, because anything that we hold on to, any old emotional pattern, any like shame or guilt or anger or longing is going to be an attractor for other energies. And what you'll find is that the more you, those things come, the more you're able to see them, the more you can move through them, the less you'll be hassled, hassled by energies you don't want around. And then you can actually be very helpful for them because my experience is that a lot of them are just confused energies that are existing out there and floating around just like what they're really looking for is for a place uh, whether it's a person or an energy or something that's strong enough to like receive them and help them to um, gain understanding and get to the places that they need to go. And so when you, when you start to work through those things and you become more um, full with yourself, then you can easily, more easily channel them to the place they need to go. Okay. And so that, so that brings me to this idea that this can be a very painful process because there's so much that you have to clear. And then it's like, God, is there still stuff in here? I can't believe it. I've been like, years I've been clearing this stuff out. But, you know, after a while, I just, for myself, I just realized, great, I'm, I'm going to like clear everything out. Let's just go for it. And, and when, when I aligned myself with that process, instead of fighting it, it became much easier. So the more you can just open yourself and see, you know, like for example, like I've had this cold for three or four days. If I would have been like, oh, I can't, I don't want to be sick. I'm like, I have a conference. I need to like, you know, it would have made it way worse. But I was like, great, it's going to like clear me out and I'll do a much better job, you know, like presenting these, these classes. And it seems like it's, it seems like it's working that way. <laughs> Then, let's see. Uh, I want to tell, I'll tell this, this story of 
that might resonate with some people. I was also in a, in a ceremony several years ago and got this, I was, I was at a, it was a many, many, many days of ceremonies. And I got this really intense pain in the back of my neck. Really intense. Oh, like, just like clamped down. And I was laid down and I was asking for help. And the woman I talked about, Maria Lisi, who's, who's a living person, but she came to me in, the, in a vision. And she said, she said, she said, you have been a carrier of, of many different beings in past lifetimes, and they, were, they weren't accepted. Those energies and those beings weren't accepted in those times. And so, and this, you know, this place in the back of the neck here is, is a place where things come into you and where things go out. So it's important to really be aware of that area. A lot of times people wear like scarves and things to like kind of protect protect that area. And you know, like people talk about like the monkey on the back, that thing, or you might feel like stuff there, but be aware of that place. So that place in me was like totally clamped down. And she said it's clamped down because you have so much fear about letting these beings into you because of what's happened to you in the past. And she said to me, she said to me, you have so much fear, but now is the time. Now is the time that people are ready to receive these beings and to accept them and accept what they have to offer. And I mean, I keep thinking back to that moment, I, like, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of like a huge group of people and just openly talking about all this stuff because it was such an intense process for me going through that and feeling that and like trying to open myself, really open myself to let these beings come through. And the thing, the thing about us, but you know, everybody works with different kinds of beings. The beings, I'll talk a little bit about the beings that I work with. I work with some beings who are like super like, like high vibration, like light beings that just like radiate these stuff out. But most of the beings I work with are these kind of like forest, earth creatures that they don't look pretty. They're like, you know, they're like really, they come from the under, they're the earth, you know, they're like cleaners and, and uh, I don't know how to describe it, but they, they don't look pretty. And I think that a lot of that, a lot of, you know, like how... There was like the, you know, the witch burnings and, and it was like, oh, people congregating with the devil and, and, you know, the whole like demonization of Pan and all of that is part of that. It's like there, there's like angelic beings, that kind of like type of being, and then there's like these underworld beings. And those are the beings that are, are that are, is really hard for people to receive, you know, and then there's been that in, in this, in the Western culture, there's been that whole like, dichotomy that's been created of like the demonic and the devil and then like the heavenly and the angel and I think a lot of our problems come from that split and so what my understanding from that experience was that now is the time people are ready to like bring the two back into alignment 
and to really receive these things that, that to, to some people seem like ugly and disturbing, to me they're just like incredibly beautiful, these like earth creatures. And, and so here I am, I'm like offering them. I mean, I'm not offering in this moment. I, 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 I was trying to like imagine like, what am I gonna do in this class? Am I gonna like, like incorporate a being? It just seemed a little bit awkward. <laughs> Look, here it is, ready? On the count of three. So, but maybe if you pay attention, close attention at some point, you might see one come through. So, so I'm, I'm going to put it out there too. I totally believe that now is the time when people are ready to like receive these, these beings. And, and part of like the, the, the fear that I had was that because there was such a demonization of these energies, a lot of suffering came from people who were like the, the vessels for those beings. <coughs> And I certainly have grown tired of being burned and dragged through streets and stoned and stuff like that. So I was going to, this life, kind of like hide that so that didn't happen, but it's not going to happen. And and, and we will achieve an understanding of these beings and what they bring to us. They bring us, we have to understand that they bring us the very life that we live. They're the ones that create all, like, all the food that we eat. They're the spiritual forces that, that make all the plants grow. And, 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 and the earth, the vibration of the earth, they are the ones who are responsible for that. So how can we not try to understand and accept who they are and really bring them into our lives? It's really important, really important. And then the, the beings that... That, that come from the sky, those like bird creatures or angels, this, I think some people call them. Now we see them as like birds, these feathered bird creatures. They have a whole other thing to teach us, and they're very valuable too. Okay, 15 minutes. So let's talk, let's talk more about some plants. Hmm. Yeah, I could I could go on and on. So I love I love doing classes like this about something I haven't talked about before, and then you know, first thinking, oh God, I'm not gonna have enough to talk about what's gonna happen, and then like the day like the day or two before, all of a sudden this like floodgate opens, and I'm just like I came in the middle of the night and like writing stuff down, and, like, pages and pages and pages. So there's there's so much more I can say, and what I think I'm going to end up doing is making this into some kind of a, like a mini course, and then, we can, and then we can also like really practice this so people can have a space to like practice it. So, let's talk about some of the plants that are really helpful in this process. We already talked about yarrow. We talked about aurelia. Um, I'm going to put a plug in for tobacco. Tobacco is like one of my main plant allies, one of the best, most amazing plants out there. So misunderstood. It doesn't cause cancer. 
only the, the misunderstanding of how to work with it causes cancer. If you, tobacco is, is, is the messenger of the gods. It's like the way that we can like, we can, it absorbs things into it. And so we can like, put, that's why people pray with tobacco. You put your prayers in it, and it either goes up in the smoke or when you're making offerings to plants or whoever, you could put your energy into it and then you place it and it can be received. So if you're, if you're <coughs> taking the smoke of tobacco into your lungs because you're feeling anxiety or sadness and you're trying not to deal with your stuff and, you're, and then you're holding it in there, you're taking all of that stuff and putting it into that smoke and then locking it into your lungs. That's what tobacco told me, and that's what causes the cancer. But if you intentionally pray, or you can you can use tobacco for taking you know that stuff out, but you don't want to put it into your lungs. You can take tobacco if somebody's got some like pain or something. Take tobacco and just hold it there and let it pull that stuff out. So a, a, a lot of these, a lot of these. These plants that, I'll, that I'm going to talk about are really protective plants, but they're also really opening. And it's, it's no accident that those go together. And tobacco is one of those. Tobacco totally opens you up to the spirit realm. Totally. When I, started, when I first started working with tobacco, like regularly and really intentionally this way, and I, I always, before I do like a healing session, always call on tobacco. I started having like <clears throat> such more clarity of like what was going on. I'd have these experiences where I never had this before and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Like someone would be sitting in front of me and I'd be sitting there with my eyes closed, you know, like tuning with their energy. And I'd see like a finger pointing like <laughs> to their shoulder. It's like, anything going on with your shoulder? And like, oh yeah, I got this like terrible pain. And then like, so then we'd like work on the shoulder or something. So like it opens you up to that, to those other realms, but it's also like super protective and like helps keep other things out that you don't want in. Devil's Club is a similar plant. That Devil's Club and tobacco are like bros. Devil's Club loves tobacco. And I'll go pass some Devil's Club around. Devil's Club, same thing. It's like spirit. <clears throat> a lot of similar properties to Yaro in, in, in being aware of the energetic space and holding your boundaries. The spines are, are a signature for like that protective quality. Inside, it's hollow. So like that ability to not hold on to things, let things freely flow through, which is the secret. The secret to being protected is not actually the spines and not being like, you know, that's like a good, sometimes you got to start there, you know, but the real secret is to being like totally open-hearted and totally like flowing and then there's no, nothing can stick to you so you don't have to worry about things affecting you. 
And so devil soap can take you through that whole process of it's also very clearing and will get stuff out of you, help you identify the things that are in you that that uh, that aren't yours, like spirits, whatever you want to call them, that get stuck in you, and will be very um, unforgiving in the process of removal. <laughs> Not always pleasant, but ultimately, and that's like where like the stages of a plant's medicine you can really see it is like with devil's club there's often this process of like really intense like like clearing and then like that just like super clarity free flowing energy um, might as well why don't we sing a devil's club song Devil's Club is my main plant ally guide, so maybe you'll get a chance to see, see him in action.
Well, Red Cedar, I started with Red Cedar to like really like ground the space and like holds the center. But it also is like a, it's also an important medicine in this mediumistic practice because it, one is like to hold that center and to like really align yourself. It's really helpful in that way, but also it calls in the ancestor spirits of this place, of these lands here. So it, it brings a lot of beings with it. Like, it's too, it's like, it's too big. Like, nobody could, like, hold red cedar in their body. It's too massive, but it, there's all kinds of beings that radiate around it that come in when you call it. Dogbane is another one I'll talk a little bit about. Dogbane is known as a shapeshifter medicine. <coughs> Do you know anywhere somewhat close to what you can find Dogbane? I've seen it growing at Mount Tabor, but I wouldn't, har- I wouldn't harvest it there. I've just seen like, a few plants. I was really shocked to see it. Um, mostly you have to get east of the Cascades. Yeah, and then... You, you'll be surprised once you start to... Do you know what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah, once you start to see it, you'll see it, like, everywhere. It, like, grows in, like, road cuts, and it likes really disturbed soils and, like, south-facing. You, you've seen it? It's all over where I live. Yeah. Yeah, so Hood River area. Yeah, when I lived in Mosher, there was a bunch on my land. And... Dogbane will like, like when I take it, sometimes I'll feel like my my face like moving, like it's like changing. And it's interesting when you when you when you work with these, when you start working with beings, you might you you might start to look different. Like I remember years ago, like one of my friends, I was in a ceremony with a friend, and he came up to me afterwards. He's like. You're looking more and more like a plant. And then I was like, I started, I started getting these huge like eyebrow hairs, like these really long. And my wife's like, can I pull those out? And I'm like, no, those are my devil's club spots. Leave them in. So you might find yourself like actually changing. And that brings up a point too, is like. One of the things I've also learned is like how you how you like live your life will sort of determine like what energies you draw to you. So if you're hanging out in like kind of like dark, seedy places, you're gonna attract lots of stuff like that. And if you want to attract beings that are gonna like help you and work with you, you have to like, you know, live like in a really aligned way. I'm only, I can only say a little bit about each of these because we have just a little bit of time. But some of the other ones, like some of the ones that for me that... So I talked about those ones that are like really useful like in the practice, you know, for grounding, aligning. I should mention uh, dogwood. Dogwood is super mediumistic. 
queen of the forest, helps open up the third eye and the capacity for visions. And she can help you like connect with other plants. Same with devils, because they both can help you like connect with other plants that can be helpful for you. And and dogwood, dogwood is also like super clearing. So these those flowers, you can think of them as these like eyes that are like illuminating you. Dogwood just completely illuminates you, so you can see the things seeing you, the darkness, the stuck things and all that and help, it helps you to release it. Smilacina, dragon root, some people call it false Solomon seal, is a great plant in this work because it helps you align with your true self. If you think about like just the way that the, way that the plant grows and it looks, it has that like almost like a spine you know it's the herbal chiropractor it'll help it'll help like because it's so moistening and nourishing to the connective tissue it'll like nourish things so that they can ah, pop back into place but it has that aligning effect on the on the spirit self too and really helps you to see the things inside you that aren't part of you And then elder. If you're if you're having trouble, like, getting out of the way, getting out of your body, elder really helps break down those barriers, softens them, and helps you let go of the fear of of opening yourself <coughs> and letting go of your junk. Helps remove the veils. And then some of my favorite plants that, that are just like mediumistic plants are uh, Yerba Santa. For me, I mean, this is for me. You know, these are plants that for me, when I take them, they just like really like bring on a mediumistic state. Um, Cascara Sagrada. Uh, and... Uh, California Bayberry, Mirica, Mirica Californica. And then, the, I think we have time. It's really the yeah. Well, does anybody have any questions? Elder, is that elderberry? Uh, I prefer elderflower for that. No questions. What kind of dogwood? Is it the flower or is it the You can use the flower or the bark. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna sing a song then to close. I'm going to sing a uh, Mirica song. And, uh, and then we'll be, we'll be done. Thank you, everybody, for coming, sharing this with me. It's so great to share, share this with you. And this, this Mirka is a, is, a, is a plant that clears things out. So as I'm singing, you can sing along with me if you want. Just let it clear out whatever. We kind of like brought some stuff up. It's a good, good way to close. And then you can come see me at my booth if you want to get some of these medicines or talk more about classes or just talk in general about what I've been talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm.
Mirica, 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 Mirica. Mirica, Mirica. I watch these shores for the queen of the sea with the force of the waves and the strength of the trees. I watch these shores for the queen of the with the force of the waves and the strength of the trees. Mirica, Mirica, Mirica.